So this is quite a bit of a difficult topic for me to talk about because um, only last week um, I lost a very important person in my life and uh, that person was my grandfather. So, in order to make sense out of this podcast, I guess it wouldn't hurt to know a little bit about uh, my grandfather, Wolodya Damerci. He was uh, born in 1928, which is in now present-day Ukraine. So, this would have been um, in the Soviet Union. Um, Our family is scattered all over. the last three generations uh, are not born in the same country uh, believe it or not I am not born in the same country as my parents my parents are not born in the same country as my grandparents and my great-grandparents are not born in the same country um, as theirs so and so on and so on he um, He was uh, a very learned man. Um, He loved books. He loved reading. He was like a walking dictionary and encyclopedia. He was the go-to person that everyone and anyone that I knew uh, would go to when they needed to verify information or ask about a specific topic relating to history, language, um, uh, Assyrian uh, related issues, etc. Um, he was one of the first surveyors um, in Baghdad, and I have the documents to actually show all his work documents um, when he used to work for a German firm uh, in Iraq. Um, he uh, got married. Uh, moved down to Kuwait where um, with his family and that's where I was born in Kuwait Uh, but before that he was uh, involved with um, this is particularly meaningful to me he was also involved with a secret Assyrian organization um, in the late 40s um, that was born out of uh, the Royal Air Force Base, the British Royal Air Force Base in Habania. And um, so his, my, my Assyrian nationalism and my nationalism um, in general basically came from hearing his story about his involvement with that organization that strive to unite and bring about brotherly love uh, amongst the Syrians regardless of uh, tribal or sectarian uh, affiliation. It's a beautiful story. I have a number of links that tell you a little bit about that organization. It was short-lived. There were many enemies of uh, something like that sort of entity Um, obviously having a people united is not always in the best interest of uh, parties that are only out for their own interests 
Um, so uh, if anyone is actually interested in, in those, reach out to me and I can definitely link you to uh, a, a couple sources uh, to speak more about that. Um, in Kuwait, I remember him uh, reading the Bible to me as a child. Um, Assyrian was the spoken language in the home. I remember him uh, teaching me many things. Uh, I spent a lot of time with him. Anytime I was sick, I would go to him. Anytime we had an event, a uh, celebration, I remember him holding me. And I have the video footage of that from my early birthdays in the early 80s. Um, where we'd be singing and dancing and I was just captivated and always uh, he had no problems holding me in his arms dancing with me which led to eventually him um, teaching me a traditional Assyrian dance that ended up being one of my favorites uh, lots of lots of great memories he left me with lots of knowledge um, basically uh, fine-tune my studies my self-study basically learning uh, our language which is Assyrian uh, definitely helped me through that uh, telling numerous stories about our family uh, I used to think how the heck am I gonna remember all these stories and you know looking back I guess one of the regrets I have is not documenting enough of them but the one story that I did document was that of um, our family, where our family roots came from. And I remember asking him about this story several times so that I could actually write it down. And I actually have him um, writing it down for me. And I, I probably own one of the only copies that he's written uh, of our family tree um, from several centuries ago. Uh, how we ended up having a Turkish last name being Assyrians um, he made sure that I understood where we came from and that I had all the names right and it was verified um, with him oral stories basically told and passed down generation to generation until they reached him and then by the time they reached me I wrote them all down so that they would never be forgotten. Um, so that's one story that I'm really glad that I, I had the opportunity to write down because it's the only surviving um, story about our family. And uh, it's what can help link the rest of the family that's scattered all around the world. Needless to say, he was a remarkable man. He, um, he did a lot. He was uh, the secretary for the church uh, when we moved to Canada. For a number of years in fact at his funeral the Archbishop of Canada for the Assyrian Church of the East was uh, had conducted the the funeral service and he was also there for the church mass which is a huge honor because he normally does not do that um, so obviously he meant a lot to a lot of people and I could see it in their faces um, when we were saying our final goodbyes and during the funeral service and at the church service um, a lot of people that were coming to me you know with tears in their eyes sorrow because they knew just like he was he had made an impact on my life he made the same impact on theirs and um, 
that gave me a lot of hope and then gave me a lot of comfort uh, knowing that he was loved by so many people you know there's I could talk about him for forever but really I just wanted to give you a little bit of a background before we talk about some other um, uh, things related to the topic of death and regret and guilt and resentment and other feelings happiness all of that uh, on this podcast the, so the topic that I picked for this uh, podcast is death. Um, it's a very difficult topic, uh, especially considering I'm going through the process of mourning um, a loss of a very dear family member, my own grandfather, last week. Um, I wanted to touch on a bunch of uh, aspects related to death and that is regret, guilt uh, and other feelings that arise um, when we are faced with the loss of someone so important to us that uh, it's hard to put into words um, the feelings that are expressed and what the individual is actually going through. So let's dive right into it and why um, it hit home for me uh, to make this podcast to hopefully help me uh, and in the in the long run actually help whoever is actually listening to this podcast dealing with the difficult topic of uh, death, losing someone close to them. Um, a little bit about my situation. My grandfather was more than just a grandfather or a grandparent he was a dad when my dad was busy working um, making a living it was basically him that um, showed me the way I guess um, through life I remember as a child traveling the world with him um, him reading the Bible to me, which generated an interest in religions, um, language, his proficiency in both um, uh, old classical Syriac and modern Syriac, Assyrian as we call it now, the spoken language, uh, the, our mother tongue, also history and his involvement with nationalistic movements um, during the Second World War uh, and afterwards. So needless to say, losing somebody like him was uh, very difficult to digest. Um, I remember getting the call. I was uh, at a friend's house who had invited me over, my wife and I, and um, I got the call in the evening. I took a look at my cell phone and it was my aunt. Now my aunt never calls me in the evening. I couldn't answer the phone because I knew, I suspected that um, something horrible had happened. It went to voicemail. Uh, seconds later I checked the voicemail and it was her tearing up on the phone telling me that grandpa had passed. I called her back. And she was obviously distraught and in tears. And I said, I'm on my way back right now. And we headed straight to the hospital. Uh, I picked up my 
grandmother along the way who was also devastated. Um, we knew the day was coming, but we couldn't have imagined um, it was going to be that day. Uh, when we went to the hospital, we saw his lifeless body there. And I just, I couldn't contain my, my emotions. Uh, you know, teared up with the whole family who was um, gathered around him. And uh, I was just uh, dying on the inside, uh, seeing exactly how he ended up. What made it particularly difficult for me was just how much he suffered near the end, um, which uh, was, you know, terrible, terrible to, to witness. Just uh, days before he passed, I was... Um, it was Father's Day, and I had gone to visit him for a couple hours. I picked up my grandmother again along the way when we went there, and he just laid in the in the palliative care unit um, at uh, at the hospital. It was I, I it was very difficult to understand when he was speaking. Um, he was trying to tell me something and I, I just kept asking him to repeat it because I desperately wanted to know what he was asking for. Then I made out that he was thirsty, but unfortunately because he was having difficulty swallowing, we weren't able to even give him um, water uh, for the fear of choking. Um, we wet his lips um, and uh, you know, I had, hey grandpa, the World Cup is going on. Do you want to watch? It's, it's Russia. Russia's playing today. Uh, and he's not really answering. I said, I'm going to turn on the TV. We'll watch uh, World Cup together. We'll watch the soccer game together. You know, my grandfather was um, born in modern-day Ukraine, so um, his name is also Russian, uh, Wolodia. So I, I thought that maybe that would cheer him up, but he was so disinterested, just out of it. And... Um, I uh, I called my aunt saying, hey, um, when are you coming back from work so that I can um, take grandma home and head to head to work myself? She said, don't worry about it. Just go. Uh, I'll be there like shortly after three. I said, no, no, no. For some reason, I said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to wait until you get here um, before before I leave. And then she showed up um, not too long after and uh I was just holding his hand because there was not really much verbal communication going on. And then uh, I told him, you know, Grandpa, I, I, I got to go drop Nana off. I got to go to work. He said, okay, okay, son. And I'm just holding his hand. I'm saying, I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. I'll see you later. Needless to say, um, it was difficult saying goodbye. I had no idea that that would be the last time I would speak to him or see him alive. Um, so why was it so difficult for me? Uh, like I said, this the man basically um, shaped who I was and who I am today. So when a person that means so much to you um, dies... It's almost as if a piece of you died along with them. And um, it's been 
it's almost a week after since his passing and it was a difficult uh, few days it was a difficult few days with the funeral arrangements and church service on the Sunday um, it was difficult because you started seeing signs of him everywhere you know we we take these things for granted sometimes you know just how much of an impact an individual makes in our lives and how much they've contributed to our well-being and who we are and our sense of identity that we don't realize that the signs were all there at the funeral it began to rain and um the 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 skies didn't stop raining for three days it wasn't until the third day where um in our culture um after mass both men and women will head to the cemetery where the departed is um, buried and and uh, say a final prayer and bid their final farewells to um to the deceased that um at the completion of the final prayer by our parish priest the skies then finally opened up um the way i like to think about it is is that uh you know the heavens cried for three days for this for this man he was a, a very kind soul quiet filled with stories family stories historical tales um, of all sorts and every day since I've I sit there and put old videos that had we, we had recorded of all family gatherings uh, looking for any signs of him in the videos just to remember him and see a uh, catch a glimpse of him telling his story one last time um, and that's how I spent every single day since the funeral just to keep his memory alive and he left me with so many beautiful memories that this will be an individual that I'll never forget for the rest of my life um, in my heart I was thinking man if I ever had a son I would definitely consider making their middle name my grandfather's name and I was just thinking that to myself I'm a newlywed so I didn't really want to impose on my um, new bride one day she, you know she just came to me she said I can see now just how much he meant to you um, if we do if we are blessed with a child um, what do you think about making their name naming them after your grandfather and it just delighted me and it just felt right deep on my core so um i said that's that would be a really kind thing to do to keep his memory alive so i remember onto the topic of basically regret guilt you know um reflecting back do i feel any regret do i feel any guilt you're never gonna feel complete like you did enough um, regardless of how much you've um, tried to give back to an individual but the reality is um, 
you do have to re reflect back uh, on your life and your relationship. Um, and I think those feelings of guilt and uh, regrets basically come from not acting on our innate guidance, our innate um, self telling us to do something. You know, he suffered a stroke a number of years ago. And while everybody was kind of just trying to figure out what was going on, my initial thought was, okay, they live in a townhouse. The bathroom's on the top floor. This man, being a health professional, I know what it is, having treated many stroke survivors. I know exactly um, the difficulties that they were going to face. And I started thinking, how do I make his life more comfortable? Um, should he come out of this alive? And, you know, you know, thank God that he did. He actually made a, a recovery, a slow recovery. So I went on a house hunt, basically, to look for a single-story home for them so that they can, uh, her, my grandmother and, and, and he could uh, move in so that there were no stairs, there was a bathroom um, the, in the uh, uh in the bedroom so that they wouldn't he wouldn't have to struggle to go to the bathroom um, and it was right around the time when in my city there was the the real estate market was just on fire um, I it, you know I don't even I can't even remember when we had bidding wars in this city um, over homes but that's exactly what I was facing it was definitely a struggle I had lost three homes in a bidding war um, before I found the one that um, he was to spend his remaining days in. And uh, I did all I could. You know, I put myself in debt um, because there was, he, he, he was so kind, he was such a good man um, that it just felt natural to do that. I didn't. I wasn't thinking of myself. I was thinking like, what? You know, how can I help this this individual? Which is basically, the, you know, how I go into my office. I said, you know, how can I help these people that are that are coming to see me? Um, always searching for ways to make people's lives uh, more comfortable, not be in pain, um, live a fulfilling life. Um, reach their true potential when it comes to their health. So, you know, I, I, I did that. Um, I tried to visit them as much as I could. I remember once I was on a trip uh, to the East Coast, uh, the U.S., and I saw one of my, my good friends who was, uh, who was a professor and author of, uh, of several books who my grandfather um, had, uh, who, who he knew of, and loved his writing, and I and I remember telling him, I said, Sarge, uh, you know, uh, going back when I see my grandpa, I know you had you just published a new book. Would you mind signing one that I can take back to him? And he said, absolutely. And he signed it, brought it back to him. Um, that's when I found out that his vision was also failing at that point. And uh, after reading about a chapter in his book. Um, he wasn't able to complete it. I, I just received the book from the house and brought it back to mine for memory's sake. Um, so 
when it comes to regret and guilt, you're never going to feel like you've done enough, <clears throat> no matter what you've done. I never bragged about it, never talked to people about it. It was just something that was right to do for someone that meant so much to me. Um, you know, that that lived a hard life. And um, so when my grandma said, she made a comment once, you know, uh, regarding regret um, and feeling guilty and I and I turned back and I remember I, I, I just stopped her from continuing and finishing uh, her sentence and I said uh, grandma I, I don't have any guilt or regrets when it comes to grandpa I've never made him upset I've ne never um, disrespected him I've never made him mad um, I've never gave him reason to not be proud of me. I've done all I can to make his life as comfortable as possible. And uh, she stopped and looked at me. She said, you know what? You're right. Um, if there's anybody that, that has provided for your grandfather, um, it's definitely you. And I stepped up when it was time to step up. And it was a very difficult last few months seeing his health decline the way it did so i think guilt and resentment um, mostly guilt and regret these feelings come from not acting on what is right what should have been doing what you know ought to have been done um, so the lesson learned from that is you know don't give yourself that uh, that reason to, to have these feelings do what is right act out of love um, you know listen to your heart and it can never lead you astray in my opinion because uh, really um, acting from the heart will always will always lead you to the right path I've found that that to be true throughout my life. So um, I guess me talking about this, um, uh, you know, it, it helps me kind of go through my feelings. The feelings of hurt and sadness uh, also are, you know, some things that I was going through. So I want to I want to just talk a little bit about the, you know the sadness, the tears, um, and uh, that's really what I want to touch on for this next part. I have a very analytical brain, so I'm, e even when I'm feeling very strong emotions I, I try to make sense out of them I like to sit with the feelings for a while um, just to make sense out of them and not not always but uh, they don't always have to make sense sometimes it's good just to sit with the feelings and appreciate them you know when it comes to the feelings that I was having um, since his passing obviously sadness uh, there were many times when I was in tears 
when I was seeing pictures of him, looking at old photo albums, um, and you know, I have a very analytical brain. It's it basically comes with the territory. Uh, being a health professional, um, you know, you're you're constantly thinking of differential diagnoses and uh, conditions that someone may be suffering from when you're assessing them and assessing their health. Uh, so it's only natural that I started uh, analyzing my feelings and my thoughts. And I was trying to make sense out of, you know, wh wh where's the sadness coming from? Where is this um, feeling of um, uh, where is it originating from? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling constantly? Besides the obvious fact that the I had just lost an individual, an individual that was, you know, such an important father figure in my life, you know, it was, on one side, it was because, you know, I tried to make him happy as much as I could through my stories and speaking with him through our relationship that I knew that I no longer could do that. And that made me sad. That was one thing that made me sad, that um, the days of making someone laugh, uh, you know, um, notifying them of, of, of some major accomplishments, some major milestones, um, you know, those, those were gonna come to an end. Um, so I had to find solace in the fact that, you know, he was looking at my life thinking, you know, I'm I'm happy. I am content. I am I'm happy the way you ended up. Um, and the the sadness also comes from uh, on another side. It's coming from the suffering. You know, I I, I being a health professional. It's uh, it's something you don't want to see people go through. Uh, I don't want to see my patients suffering. I want to help them uh, overcome uh, their obstacles, uh, their, their health obstacles, their, uh, their problems. Uh, I, I only wish the best for them. Uh, and I know my patients deep down know this uh, of me, and which is why they appreciate um, the type of care and service that I provide. So the past few months, leading up to his death were incredibly difficult. He had um, had a fall and he was taken to the hospital and basically not cleared to leave. <clears throat> My grandmother was no longer able to take care of him. She tried. In reality, looking back, she we probably should have um, uh, admitted him for palliative care. Uh, and assisted living uh, long ago, but in our culture, it's looked down upon. You basically take care of your own. You, um, it's almost, it's taboo. It's seen as abandonment. So we don't abandon our elders. We never do. But thinking back, how do you expect, in, you know, uh, a woman in her 80s to take care of a man pushing 90? Um, it's unrealistic. Uh, it was unfair to her, but she was adamant that she was going to take care of him until she couldn't. So seeing him suffer um, and watching that decline, 
and the suffering and the pain uh, that he was going through he didn't deserve that he was such a not that anybody deserves that but particularly him he was such a good man uh, such a beautiful and kind soul uh, that it, it you know for lack of better words it really sucked seeing him um, suffer in his last days um, so the those two areas when I thought back uh, those were primarily the reasons why I was feeling that sadness one was at a suffering uh, two was not being able to um, make him laugh one more time so looking back I believe that was what did it uh, for me and that's why I continued to to feel sad uh, there is this movie by Bill Murray called Groundhog's Day where he basically goes through his life a regular day and uh, as soon as he falls asleep he relives that day over and over and over again every single time he goes to bed wakes up he goes through the entire uh, day again uh, from the beginning and that's how I describe every single day since his passing it's you know throughout the day it starts to get better uh, as you see friends as, as friends and family members are reaching out to lend you support you know it starts to get better as the day goes by and then you go to bed and you dread waking up because you know you're gonna start all over again uh, and that's how it is I wake up teary-eyed thinking about him choking up having that you know that that deep feeling in your in your in your gut uh, your heart is wrenching and it takes me a while to get going and I've been up every morning at about five ish in the morning reliving that every single day it's getting better and you have to know that it is getting better it does get better with time especially if um, the departed have left you with all their knowledge um, a lot of good memories that you can reflect on and talk about and tell your children and grandchildren about So what has helped me cope um, with the loss of such a profound individual in my life? I'd like to tell you one thing, uh, one story about that is uh, truly a happy ending to a you know a, you know sad circumstances. And that is, uh, I got married uh, earlier uh, this month in June, and um, my fiance and I, all along, uh, after we got engaged, our, our plan was always to have a destination wedding. Um, we just didn't want the hassle and the fuss of planning because we knew just how um, difficult from having friends, close family, uh, members and friends go through the process just how demanding time consuming 
the process of planning a wedding are, especially her being from out of country. Uh, we knew that a lot of that uh, burden would fall on each of us and it would be difficult to coordinate and plan something like that given just how many people we know and uh, how large our families are. But uh, we sat down one day and we, we had a conversation and my wife now um, mentioned, she said, you know, your grandparents mean the world to you. If we have a destination wedding, you know, they won't be able to attend. I said, you're right. You know, I know I've been thinking about that as well. She said, so why are we doing a destination wedding? Isn't the whole point and the one thing is to have them attend and witness our union? And I said, yeah, absolutely. She said, so let's do it. Let's just have a, a local wedding so that all our friends and family can come from all around and, um, and your grandparents can also attend because my grandmother was caring for my grandfather at the time. So if he couldn't come, she couldn't come. And that would have been one thing that I would have regretted for the rest of my life had the next uh, chain of events not occurred. So we went ahead and uh, planned a local wedding. And unfortunately, we, d we couldn't foresee that his health was going to deteriorate so fast in the process, even though it was only seven months away or eight months away. Um, so we scrambled when he was in the hospital. I basically talked to her, my wife, and I said, um, we need to figure out how we're going to get Babagura, which means uh, granddad in Assyrian. How are we going to get him to the wedding? We need to, if the, there if there's anything that absolutely needs to happen, it is his attendance. It would mean the world to him. And I remember visiting him in the hospital um, when he was there and asking him, you know, Grandpa, I know it's difficult, but the the wedding is now planned for June second. You know would you like to attend? I don't want to impose and I don't want to make it difficult on you. He's like, yeah, yeah, yes, I would absolutely like to attend. Uh, please, please let me come. And I said, absolutely. It would be an honor to both of us um, if you were there um, to witness that. And deep down, I know that as difficult as it was for him, he held on. He held on to make that, um, that, that day. And It's really hard to talk about this but basically we went about finding him um, getting clearance from the hospital and his doctors to have him leave the hospital for the day so that he could attend the traditional um, pre-wedding festivities as well as the ceremony because it would have meant the world to him. And, and we had finally gotten clearance from the doctors. We had hired a uh, private nurse to be able to um, transport him and uh, take care of him while we were running around doing everything, planning everything. And man, it happened. I remember showing up to the house where I was to um, do the video footage, uh, the pre-wedding video 
footage and he was there and my family was all there to watch me leave the house and head to this to the church for the ceremony and we were dancing and singing and there was uh, traditional uh, music being played and he was right in the middle of it and we were dancing around him you could see he was he was loving it um, after a short rest we headed to the uh, church for the ceremony and he was front and center watching us get married um, and we took pictures with him especially my wife and I and the priest um, and uh, I remember a week later after the wedding um, going to the hospital to visit him I held his hand and said grandpa were you happy that you attended the wedding and he said I still feel the the happiness in the pit of my stomach every single day and that meant the world to us and I was happy that I was able to make him happy just one more time after that, his health started to deteriorate really fast, and it wasn't long before we had lost him. It was less than a couple weeks. Um, but the fact that he's going to be in all the footage, his memory of him being there, seeing him join in that celebration, that's something I'm going to take to my last breath, basically. And... Uh, it left me with that final, final fond memory of him, watching him celebrate with us. So, the lesson learned was don't take life for granted. Don't take other people for granted. If it's in your power to do something, to put a smile on someone else's face, do it. Don't put it off. Procrastination is, is killer. That's way what may lead to some of those feelings of resentment and um, sadness and guilt. And I'm happy to say that I, I, I really don't have a lot of that going on. I'm just truly sad that uh, an incredible individual is, is not in my life at the moment. Uh, but as cliche as it sounds, I'm glad that, you know, I know that he's, he's watching over me. And today, the reason why I decided to, to record this podcast is because I woke up at 4.30 in the morning because he was in my dreams. He was in my dreams. He was, and I just couldn't go back to sleep. And it, it, it kind of, it shocked me. So I, I just woke up and started working. And I decided that this was the right time to, to do the podcast. So I hope from hearing me speak about this, I know this was the longest podcast I've ever recorded. And the reason for that is, you know, there, there there's no amount of words that I can say um, and no story. No, there's an infinite amount of stories I can tell basically why this individual this man made such a, a profound impact on my life and shaped my sense of identity 
that um, I'm glad I did this. I'm glad I did this. And um, I hope from hearing the story, if you are listening, if you have stuck to it all through the end, that um, take comfort in the fact that um, you, we, we all have a choice and we have a choice to make life better um, for the people around us uh, that we love. Uh, don't take it for granted. Time is something that we can never gain back and it's the most valuable thing that we have is time so the time that we spend with our loved ones um, it's priceless and we don't know when it's going to end so um, living in the moment and living life to the fullest and loving one another is probably the message that I take with me now moving forward in my journey through the rest of my life so I hope um, you know for those who have lost dear ones I hope the podcast has helped uh, sharing my story has helped you reflect on yours uh, and has given you comfort just like me speaking about it has given me that comfort um, to my family and friends who are listening you know just remember I love you and um, the, the one thing I want to leave everybody with is the words that I constantly keep hearing in the back of my head which almost feels like it's my grandpa telling me to say this which is just please love one another so this has been another podcast episode of Woke with Dr. Ninos and uh, I hope to uh, join you again with uh, far happier um, topics but uh, I know this is an important one because it is uh, part of the circle of life and uh, it's something that we all have to um, deal with at one point or another all right hope that helped god bless you bye-bye